right, and here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the home of Jarheads Mobile Welding. We offer marine quality work at fair prices, welding and custom fabrication, and repair to existing items. Not only am I a man who speaks upon the brand, I have also been a customer of the brand. Because here at Jarheads Mobile Welding, name the mission and they get to fixing. Check them out now at facebook.com slash jhmwkc. Or you can also find them at Instagram at Jarheads Mobile Welding. If you send them a message, they'll give you a quote. And that right there you can put in your notes. Thank you very much for your time. And now, let's enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And today, we have a special guest, Mr. Sir. And um, I can't even speak English today. Good grief. What is your name? Uh, what, no, what would you like to state your name, sir? Oh, my goodness. John Hall. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mr. Hall, you must be thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy can't even speak on the phone. Or in general, <laughs> my apologies. Um, well, we have uh, Mr. John Hall in the building today, and um, he decided he would give me a few minutes of my time, even though right now I am not making any sense. I am speaking gibberish, and um, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. Not, not a problem, Anthony. Glad to be here with you, man. So, Mr. Hall, tell me a little bit about yourself, and let the people know um, what is your background. Well, originally, my real gig is I'm, I'm a physician, but I've also written a couple of books uh, about kind of conspiracy theory stuff about surveillance and NSA stuff, which wound up landing me on Discovery Channel with a, a TV series called United States of Paranoia and got me into the film business that way. Uh, I've also got a, a band down here in Texas where I'm based. And got into doing some music videos and met another filmmaker um, named uh, Brian Elder. And we decided that after doing a couple of Western videos that we wanted to do a Western TV series. And uh, and that's actually why I'm on your show today. Because we're, we just finished filming the first season of a series called Death and Compromise. It's about um, kind of the cowboy days in Texas during the 1850s. And it's historically correct in the background, but it's the story of a gunfighter that befriends a, a con man and they kind of become the Butch Cassidy and Sundance kid of, of you know, that era. So there's, it's based on some true facts and some of it's fiction, but okay. uh, we're all done, shoot, all done shooting it and um, got another project actually in the works called Villains and Vixens that I'm working with a really bright new young um, uh, producer and filmmaker named Torian Peterson out of Houston, Texas, which is a crime drama thing. We're just now starting to film that, but uh, Death and Compromise is our biggie right now. It is all filmed, and we're trying to get the word out. That's really cool. So how long have you been working on this project? We actually you got all the writing done and started on it probably about two and a half years ago. Started doing the filming probably a year and a half ago, and I mean, I know you're you're based out of Kansas City, right? That's correct, sir. Yeah, so you get you get a taste of the heat. So I mean, you can imagine what it's like trying to do the filming of these westerns and the long sleeves and coats and 
everything when it's 114 degrees and 90% humidity, it gets, you know, it gets pretty bad. You know, Texas, Texas heat gets pretty bad. So, you know, we had to kind of film in spurts here and there and try to film when it was cool. I mean, we got stuck filming a couple of summers, you know, when it was brutal hot, but finally got it done. So it's, and since it's a period piece, it's set in 1850. Now, most Westerns that you see are kind of set in the 1890s, 1880s. And really the attire is kind of not too much different from what, you know, cowboys and stuff wear now. But when you're filming historically correct in the 1850s, that's a Victorian clothing. It's cap and ball pistols. You know, it was black powder. There weren't bullets. So making sure that we had all the historically correct horses, saddles, guns, that the clothing was Victorian era and appropriate for the time. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a, it's a pretty ambitious thing to take on doing a Western in that time period, but we got it done and, uh, we kind of just kind of directing people to our Facebook page. We've got a, some trailers that are up there and information on when it's going to release. We, looks like we're going to be on Roku, uh, and hopefully we're trying to get the attention of Netflix to get it on Netflix. Oh, that would be uh, awesome. all news. Yeah, that would be. And it's all, all new stars. The acting is really good. Uh, we intentionally went the route of, you know, of not having a big name in it, you know, to draw it because we're trying to, everybody involved in this is, you know, we're young independent filmmakers from, from Texas, young actors from Texas. So we're, we're trying to bring everybody up, you know, with us, you know, with this show. You basically like, hey, we want to give a shot to the new guy. Yeah, because I mean, you know, a lot of the the standard Hollywood stuff, you know, they they won't even look at you unless you got one at least one big name in it, or if you've got a big name director or somebody that's you know that's already got a bunch of experience, and we're, we're kind of hoping to break in with, you know, with all kind of new faces. Cause, I mean, I don't, you know, theater attendance is down, and I don't know if you've noticed, you know, every every movie you see has kind of got the same handful of people in it, usually starring in it, that they try to use as a draw. So mm-hmm. we're kind of hoping to change the landscape, you know, get some new people involved. So That sounds actually pretty refreshing, honestly. So, But if anybody, if anybody's interested in, anybody out there that likes, you know, likes Westerns, and this is kind of a little bit different. I mean, it's kind of shot more in the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid kind of vein. It's, you know, it's got the gunfights and it's got the violence, but it has a little bit of comedy relief in it too. And it does tell a story. It's all going to be done in 30 minute episodes. So it's kind of ideal for streaming. It's not something that, you know, you've got to sit there and watch through for an hour. And, uh, one thing that we were cognizant of, you know, today's generation, you know, they don't sit in front of a TV for an hour to watch a show and oh, no. nobody goes to see. And nobody goes to theaters anymore. You know, everybody's watching stuff on their phone, you know. So, you know, that's, we were cognizant to, uh, to make this where it's streaming. We're working with a good network out of San Antonio called the Grand Network, which is a Roku subsidiary that um, will be airing it along with some other good programming. Well, I would love to see where this is going to go, sincerely. Like, well, I, I, I don't know if you got it. I did email you uh, uh, one of our posters for the show. And, I actually um, did see the poster. I actually enjoyed the yeah. poster. Yeah, like thank and, you for uh, that to me. And actually, the uh, the other show that we're 
started a film on July 20th as uh, Vixens and Villains, and that's a crime drama, something a little more modern for the folks who maybe aren't so much into Westerns. And uh, uh, there's a, also a Facebook page for that, uh, Vixens and Villains. A lot of, you know, new starlets and new people coming out. I'm helping produce that as well as being in it. Uh, and it's a crime drama. It's about a, a corrupt cancer research CEO who's supporting a politician who's corrupt and the cops that are trying to bust them. And, you know, it's a good cop, bad cop kind of kind of show and uh, with a, a really cool cat out of Houston, Texas that um, wrote the script and um, is kind of bringing that to fruition. It turned out to be a good friend of mine named Torian Peterson. And if anybody looks him up or uh, Vixens and Villains, it's, that should be a really good show too. Sounds like you're very excited about the process, man. I mean, sounds like you've been working really hard for this, sincerely. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a long road, you know, especially filming independently. You know, you're always stressed out about where you can find the money, where you can find the people, who's going to share your dream. I mean, because you, you've got the folks that they'll come on board as long as they're getting paid well. But you're you're always looking for the folks that are going to be with you when you're struggling, because those are the ones that when you finally do make it, you want to make sure and bring those people along with you. You know, and that's in any endeavor, not just film, but. You know, you you reward the people that are there for the struggle, you know? Exactly. Well, sounds like you guys made it through. Now let's make sure you guys get out there and just grab that brass ring. I want to see guys like you guys win because of the fact you're not you're not some big production company. You're the little guy, and I like to see the little guy win. I mean, yeah, kind of a little guy. I go against, like, big podcasts all the time, so I can relate to you guys a lot. So let me ask you this. What inspired you to get in the film? I mean, and I'm not asking for, I mean, I'm not trying to be like the most cliche interviews or anything like that. I want to know a little bit of why of how like you took this journey to even get as far as you have with film and acting and writing and just the hard work. What brought the hard work ethic on? Was it something you grew up with? Yeah, I guess so. You know, probably like, you know, a lot of folks, yeah, I, I grew up poor, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, my dad, you know, was trying to support, a, you know, my mom and, you know, a bunch of kids. And um, so, I mean, it, you know, not working was never, never an option. I mean, I started, started working when I was 13, buzzing tables at a restaurant, 15, waiting tables, 16, driving a forklift, loading lumber and, you know, um, decided I wanted to try to go to medical school. So, you know, tried to keep my grades up and stay in school enough to, to get there. And I mean, and becoming a physician and working in medicine probably did enable me to kind of pursue some of the other dreams that I had. Um, you know, what actually got me, like I said, into film was I wrote two books about, um, uh, surveillance technology that, uh, that myself and some other people, Help to work on one of those books is called a new breed satellite terrorism in America. And another one's called Guinea pigs, technologies of control, both read kind of scary. They sound like science fiction, but it's, you know, 10 years ago, it was science fiction. Now it's kind of science fact. It's, it's involving the technology that I don't know if you heard about the Cuban embassy workers that got attacked by electromagnetic weapons at, at our embassy in Cuba. 
they closed the embassy and brought them all home having headaches and all kind of weird symptoms. Well, it's that type of technology that I wrote about. Well, Discovery Channel took an interest in that. They wanted to do a show on it. It was called initially called Targeted and then was changed to United States of Paranoia. So I did that TV show, and that's actually what wound up introducing me to a lot of other producers and film crew people. And then I had some friends that were shooting a Doritos commercial in Texas for uh, the Super Bowl um, you know, a number of years ago, and and needed people who knew how to ride horses and shoot guns, and which I do. So they called me. They hired a bunch of actors to to do it, and they all showed it for rodeo cowboys, and they all showed up kind of looking like Howdy Doody, and you know. So he's like, "No, I need y'all to look like actual real rodeo people." So he called me. And he's like, "Hey, John, can you come out here and you know ride a horse for me?" So came out, did that commercial, then met some other people doing other film projects, and then just kind of slowly met people and got asked to do things and partake okay. in things, which. Yeah, which I mean, which is a blessing. I mean, you know, you just, you know, if you come on set and you're you work hard and you're you're willing to do whatever and and help out wherever they need it, then people notice that and ask you to do other things. That's cool. So, yeah, and then the the western idea came is I also have a country and western band and we were filming videos for my band when I met Brian Elder, who's my partner in Death and Compromise. It's all uh, both on. What can't you do? <laughs> I mean, really, okay. uh, I, Let's say you, you you help sick people, you have a country western that, and you're making a film, uh, and you're making a TV show. Dude, what do you what do you sleep? Or when do you sleep? No, not much. Yeah, you can you can ask most of my friends or ask my wife. I I do about five hours a night, man. As a, as a matter of fact, if I get less than five hours, I'm tired. If I sleep more than five hours, I'm tired. I, I get five hours. And, uh, and five hours? Yeah. Good grief, man. You are an animal. <laughs> I respect you for that. Well, I mean, and hopefully I can keep it going. We'll see. You know, but I've, I've been doing that. And, you know, some of that's the medical school training. You know, when you're in medical school, you're you're on 20, you know, on 36 hours and off. 12. So, I mean, you kind of get used to, you know, basically doing stuff with no sleep. So, I mean, that probably had a lot of, a lot of bearing on that, but it would be nice if there were more hours in a day for me, but, you know, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Hall, but, yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have but, a yeah, but, day with the podcast sometimes. <laughs> But for any of your listeners that are like, especially on my, if you look me up, Dr. John Hall, you're going to mostly find my writing because uh, my two books, you know, that sounded like conspiracy theory when they first came out, but most people now are reading them going, oh, man, this guy was on something 10 years ahead of his time, which probably really was when those books published. But, uh, you know, they're about, you know, ways that the NSA actually is able to track you and surveil you. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of scary reading, but they're truthful reading. And um, But that's actually what kind of catapulted me into the film business. And then we were, Brian Elder and I were filming a music video at a little place called 1850 Settlement in Texas. And we thought, you know what? Nobody's ever done a TV series or a Western movie about the 1850s. 
And in Texas, the 1850s were hell. I mean, it was right after Texas separated from Mexico and kind of right after we joined the United States and people were unhappy and it was really every man for himself. And, um, and the, the history of the times kind of shows that it was a really violent time in Texas history. So that's why we kind of opted to, to tell our story about the 1850s and, um, said about getting the right props. We met a super cool guy named Dennis Moore who uh, owns the Blanco Buggy Barn Museum. This guy has over 200 functioning horse-drawn buggies and carriages. 200 so, of them? He, we don't got that mm-hmm. many in Independence, yeah. Missouri, because, like, you know, we're part of yeah. the other trail. Like, we're the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of buggies, man. Yeah, yeah. So, and they all work. So, I mean, we got with him, you know, he was, he's got a little Western town that we really uses our set. We actually, uh, one, one claim to fame we've got with Death and Compromise, we were the, the last group to film at Alamo Village in Brackettville, Texas, which is where the original John Wayne film was shot, the Alamo. Ooh. You know, that wasn't shot in San Antonio. It was shot in Brackettville where he constructed an entire set to look like San Antonio in the 1830s. And um, that liquidated and got shut down not long after we shot there. So Death and Compromise was the last last film set to actually use John Wayne's old set, which was kind of cool to be a part of that history. That is history right there. John Wayne, that's a legend, like in his own right. Like, I used to watch some of his movies with my great-grandfather, so... I have appreciation for well, the classics. Well, you know, and a lot of people, you know, when they think of San Antonio, they're, if they've never been here, their, their only mindset or their only mental view of San Antonio is what they saw in John Wayne's Alamo. You know, and that's, it's kind of funny because I've even had family from Ohio and stuff come down here and, you know, they expect to see the Alamo on this big battlefield like it was in, in the movie, The Alamo. Well, first off, the movie, The Alamo, wasn't shot in San Antonio. It was shot on a set about 200 miles from here. And, um, you know, and the city grew up around the Alamo. So, you know, the Alamo is right next to a mall and a shopping center and, you know, restaurants. I mean, it's, you know, it was the center of the city and the city grew up around it. Wow. That's crazy, though. I didn't know that. Man. So, so were you, are you in Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? Kansas City, Missouri. 15 minutes so from... You, uh, yes, sir. Are you a Chiefs fan? Of course, sir. Got to be. Chiefs came until I die. <laughs> yeah, because I actually got a little connection to Kansas City myself. My, uh, my ex... Uh, father-in-law actually played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Really? He was in Super Bowl, Super Bowl one and Super Bowl four. His name was EJ Hollow. That is called cool. him the Beast. And then I've got uh, a name you you will you probably don't recognize his name. He's way before your time, but and my time. But uh, a name you will uh, recognize who lives down here in San Antonio and has been a patient of mine and is a super good guy is Priest Holmes. Wait a minute. Do you know Priest Holmes? Mm-hmm. He lives here in San Antonio. He's very active in our youth community, and uh, he was a patient in my clinic for a long time. That's a good man right there. He did a lot for yeah, the city when he was here. Yeah, Priest is a super guy. 
and uh, and he does a lot for kids down here. He's real involved in youth education and you know doing sports clinics and stuff like that. I mean, dude's a solid guy. He really is. Oh yeah, I love his bones. Great guy. Fantastic. That is so cool. So is so is this going to be Kansas City year coming up or what? I'm hoping so. I mean, we got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now we just need to make sure we whip our team into shape to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Because that's the two teams I follow. Even though I'm in Texas, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Texans fan. I'm about to say, I've been talking to all these Texans recently, and all I've been getting is Cowboys fans. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I've never been a Cowboys fan. And I'll tell you why, man. Because back in the day, before the Texans were the Texans, they were the Houston Oilers. I remember and, man, when when they had Lorenzo White, when they had Warren Moon, before that, when they had Earl Campbell, I mean, the Oilers just played a, a lot rougher, funner game of football to watch than the Cowboys. And man, it's, you know, we're, you know, kind of like the, the Kansas City Chiefs, man. It's Houston's due. It, it's got to be our year, one of these years, man. Certainly before J.J. Watts ends up gone. But, um, but those are the two teams I follow. I've got connections to Kansas City. So I definitely follow the Chiefs. I'm, I'm always rooting them. And I thought they were going to get to go this last year. We were so close. It was it was pretty much a shotgun shootout, like at the end of the season for us. I mean, we were going against one of the best. So I mean, I mean it happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, though, our quarterback showed that he knows how to handle pressure. Well, and I'm and I'm hoping this coming year maybe Houston can get it together. Houston looked strong on early in the season last year, and then kind of fell apart. But, you know, and then I think they made it to one round of the playoffs and lost miserably. But I'm, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, they can get like, – J.J. Watts is a really great player. And same thing. I mean, he's done a lot, you know, after the floods and stuff. Yeah, I've heard some good things about J.J. So, I mean, y'all got a chance to really develop. So, I definitely am not going to knock your team either. So, yeah. only time will tell. I'm definitely not going to knock them. I like seeing that. And, and, and I do. And despite what everybody tells you about Texas barbecue, I got to admit, Kansas City barbecue is pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody finally admitted to it after all this time. Well, and I'll, tell, and I'll tell you what, last time I was in Kansas City, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not, not mentioning their name to plug them or anything. I don't know how you are with advertising, but I know you've got your big names up there that everybody comes up there to eat. Now, the last time I was in Kansas City, mm-hmm. it wasn't any of the big names that I ate. But the place where I did eat was, I think it was called Zach's Stack or something like that. Oh, uh, Jack Stacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Jack Stack is it really was, good. It was good. Burn eggs and beans. Man, you know, it didn't need anything else. That was a meal in itself. Oh, yeah. Like, one thing I can say is they got some really good burnings. Get yourself some fries with it. You're done. You don't need anything else. And I think the one that – I know there's more than one. The one I ate at was kind of in an old industrial-looking area. Old industrial-looking area. Okay, so it wasn't the plaza. It wasn't Blue Springs. Oh, you were in the downtown area. Okay, I know exactly which one you were at. Yeah, you were in the downtown area near the uh, parking garage and everything over there. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's a downtown one. That's actually my personal favorite one to go to. Yeah, so that one was really good. And I tried some of the other 
big name touristy places and still thought Jack Stack was better than you know right. than some of the other. Um, you know that you know what the what the places I'm talking about. They, oh, they did you get to go to the um, Casey Joe's? No, what's the other one? What's the big name? Is it Arthur Bryant or? Let's see, Arthur Bryant's Gates, Oklahoma Joe's, aka Kansas City Joe's. Um, yeah, Jack I went Stack. to Bryant's and I went to I went to Gates, but I'll have to say Jack Stack I like better. Oh, you got to come back here and go to Oklahoma Joe's, aka Kansas City Joe's. I'm telling okay. you, if you go to KC Joe's, it's gonna blow even Jack Stack out of the water. I mean, let me put it like this. This, um, this restaurant originated in an old-school gas station, like a long time ago. And you, you know how the gas station spots are when it comes to barbecue. Those are usually the yeah. heavy rims, right? I'm telling you, you get a taste of this Z, uh, you get a taste of the Z-Man sandwich, you'll be converted. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I was up there visiting some friends, and, of course, because I'm from Texas, they had to... Initially, it you know had to take me to their favorite Mexican food restaurant, and I'm like, man, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. You're not gonna impress me with any Mexican food up here. Trust me, you're not. And I said, but no, I mean, I will, I will take you up on tasting some of your barbecue up here. And, and you know what? Got I mean, Texas has some good barbecue places, but I really did enjoy Kansas City barbecue. I'll have to say. I mean that, you know, when I was up there, I mean, I I did can't I'm just to say I had any bad barbecue. But out of the places I tried, Jack's back, I like. But, yeah, I would love to come up there and try. What would you say it's called? Kansas City Joe's? Yes. You let me know if you ever come up to Kansas City. We are definitely going to go on a barbecue tour. I got some places that you would love to go to. Right. And, and if you come down here, I'll take you for Mexican food. Oh, please. <laughs> I love Mexican food. I know y'all got some of the best. It's like you guys in California have the best Mexican food. Because y'all close yeah. to the border, so, like, I would love to get some Mexican food down there. I might be. He might have to roll me out of Texas, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was like, "Well, get ready to do some exercise, guys. You're about to have some strong calves rolling me out of your uh, out of your state." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So have you? So have you ever done any film work, or is it strictly uh, is radio your gig? I mean, for me, yeah, basically, this is my gig right here, but I've actually never done film. I've always found it intriguing, but, like, I'm not going to even know. I don't even know where I would start. So it's just, like, I love enjoying film because I have a high regard and high respect for it because it's a lot of work for you guys. Like, No, I mean, and I, I will agree with that. I mean, you know, filming, you know, if you don't, you rarely get anything right the first time. You have to shoot, reshoot, shoot, reshoot, and and even then, after you think you've got it right on film, then there's a lot of correction and editing that has to be done, and uh, you know assembling the right team that will all work together, and sometimes that's multiple days of shooting before you finally realize you've got the right director, the right cinematographer, the right sound guy, where everybody's on the same page and everybody's trying to make it work as best they can for the you know, for the project. And, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, on death and compromise, we finally got it nailed down to a science. We got the right crew. You know, everybody believed in the project. Everybody had fun on the shoots, despite, you know, it being 110 degrees on some of the times we were shooting and, you know, and, it, and exhausting. And a lot of times we were, you know, because of the heat, a lot of times we're actually starting at, 
three or four in the morning so we can finish at three or four in the afternoon because in, in Texas in the summer, the hottest part of the day is like from three to six. So, you know, towards late afternoon and evening. So we would, you know, shoot, you know, night per day, you know, when it was cooler, you know, and then when it got so brutal that you couldn't be out in it, then we would kind of shut down for the day and start again at two or three in the morning the next morning. Oh, and everybody hung out. No, and, and everybody did well. I mean, as long as you got people out in time to let them go home and get some sleep and be back up at two in the morning to do it again, I mean, we we got it done. So bless your hearts. I I'm really hoping the first of your labors really really do pay off, man. And you know what? I will support the show anyway, anywhere I can. So as soon as, let me know as soon as it drops somewhere, I will sit there and watch it. I am so serious. Well, and I don't, and I don't know if you have a Facebook page or anything, but it uh, sent you the poster. Oh, I got the poster. Uh, and right we now. do. And we do have a Facebook. Do have a Facebook page for anybody that's interested. It's Death and Compromise on Facebook, and that way they can keep up with everything. I know we're premiering the uh, very first episode at a film festival in Blanco, Texas on September 7th. Nice. And um, that'll be the, the first time that anybody's seen one whole complete episode. That's episode one. Um, there's some trailers, uh, I think, are still on the Facebook page. But um, and at uh, the, first, the film festival in, in September will be the, the first episode being shown. It's an entirety to a a limited audience there. So, yes, I mean, I, I'm really excited for you guys. I'm dead serious. I mean, I like to see people like, especially for like folks like us. We're independent. We don't have any companies backing us. So, when it comes down to it, like, in a way, it's just like I, I feel like I understand like that you're putting a lot of effort into something where you're not getting any handouts and a lot of time and effort, a lot of money. And well, and, and that's a, kind of our thinking, you know, my partner and I both were like, well, let's, you know, we'll put our hard work, work into it. We'll put our money into it. We'll get a first season done. And then hopefully if it flies, then that's when hopefully we'll find some backing that somebody's, you know, interested in wanting to see it continue and, uh, is willing to, you know, put a little money into the budget uh, on it. Because, you know, selling an idea to, like, Netflix or somebody like that is a lot harder than stepping up and saying, here, we got your first season. You know, if people like it, then you can, you know, put us on the payroll and, and help us film the next season. So I think that's a pretty good deal, you know, for – for any network and, and it looks good. It's, I mean, it's shot in four and six K and, you know, it's not, you know, not something that got slammed together shooting on an iPhone. It's all done right. You know, anybody that sees it, you'll see that. But, but anybody that's interested, man, hit us up on our Facebook page. It's death and compromised and uh, easy to find. And I'm John Hall and my partner is Brian Elder. We both have, independent Facebook pages as well. So, I mean, anybody that's interested and wants to keep up with the show, we would encourage you to hit one of those Facebook pages. Man, let's make sure that happens. Let's put that in the air in the universe. So everybody go check out the Facebook page. I'm going to put the link below 
And anybody out there, any film companies, any TV networks, Netflix, Hulu, Vudu, even Crackle, somebody, please fix this up. <laughs> okay, maybe not Crackle, but the fact of the matter is, let's make it happen. <laughs> hey, yo, YouTube, you guys are starting, um, I'm bringing in series. I can, uh, I can put one more in. At least make it interesting. For real. Let's put this in the universe and make it happen for this gentleman right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Hall, I appreciate you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on, Anthony. I enjoyed it, man. This has been great, man. Go KC. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just, I'm so happy to have somebody that understands my pain when it comes to my team. (laughs) (laughs) You can, at least you're not a YouTube fan. Man, I can talk about pain. I was just like, man, you know what? If I, I when I die, invite invite the Kansas City Chiefs to my funeral so they can let me down one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate being on, man. Yeah, it's been great, man. And um, sincerely, if there's anything I can do for you, send me a couple links. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. I'll make sure to uh, put it down below so they can see it, because I want people to see your garden right. works. And um, all right. And uh, with that, guys, this has been another Anthony Anthem, aka Black Fabio, aka Midnight Marauder, aka um, Delivery Express, aka Midnight Express, aka. Okay, I'm done with AKS. But anyway, thank you so much for listening, and everybody have a good day. Bye bye. And. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Smooth with it, groove with it. I'm just kidding. No, that, was, that, was, that was a little too much, guys. I'm sorry. but um, I was going to keep on going. Oh, um, a.k.a. I got a special guest, guys. <laughs> this gentleman right. right here, full of creativity. Pretty smooth and pretty cool so far because we talked a little bit before the interview. Maybe like two minutes. So um, so we're going to get to know each other right now. So with that, gentlemen and ladies, or ladies and gentlemen to be more correct, whatever you want, ladies first. Sir, would you like to um, state your name? My name is Brian Elder. I'm an actor, filmmaker in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is in the house, y'all. Austin, Texas. One of the places where South by Southwest is popping. Some yeah. of the Mexican food. A lot and of history. ACL, too. AC, we, got, we got ACL here as well. And, and he has ACL there as well. And also, um, a lot of hipsters. But at the same time, that's life. But, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, have you been to Austin before? Um, I've actually never been. I've always wanted to check it out. I'm a huge like Vice fan, so you know they're always over there, like doing South by Southwest or doing something related to music, yeah. whatever. So I know the music culture is pretty awesome out there too. So it's definitely on the list to go to. I've been to Texas before, but I've never been to that side of Texas. Well, my uh, yeah, you you got to visit Austin. My I don't know what part of Texas you've been to, but um. I was gonna move out here, and I I never thought I'd live in Texas because I just it never seemed appealing to me and everything. And then you know I always thought it was totally different than what I when what it really is when I got here. And uh, so now it's I love it because you know I was thinking like there was gonna be a lot of southern accents and a lot of like just you know like 
you know, people riding horses around the street. I didn't know what to expect, you know, in Texas. So, <laughs> so I had no clue. That's like, and, and that's what a lot of people tell me. They're like, oh, and it's like, you know, like Old West. And like, it's not like that. But like, my brother-in-law won't come out to Texas because he went, he visited uh, another place in Texas. And I was like, have you been to Austin? He's like, no. And I'm like, that's why you won't come back to Texas. You got to come out here. This place is amazing. There's so much to do here. Austin is awesome. And you go to our main city, everything's pretty chill, man. I mean, too. Yeah. I love Houston. I hate Dallas Fort Worth Airport, but I like <laughs> That's where he visited. I didn't want to say it, but that's where he visited. He didn't want to come back. I didn't like the airport, okay? Nobody likes Dallas Fort Worth Airport. Yeah. That's like, that's like the land of canceled flights right there, okay? Yeah. Great <laughs> Super nice. Like, I've gone to the city. The city was dope. I didn't have no problems, but it was the airport that drove me insane. I was stuck in Dallas, Fort Worth after being in Japan, like for a whole month. And this is like 2007. Oh wow! And I was in Japan, and when we got back after a 14-hour flight, we ended up being stuck there for two days. Oh jeez! What was the, what was the, the delay on it? Was it? It was it was just rain. It was a huge thunderstorm that went off for like two days. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. horrible. They didn't give you guys, so you had to stay in the airport the entire time, or they give you guys like a hotel voucher or anything? Uh, at first, they were reluctant to do it. Like, they were just like, well, we're going to have another flight set up. So we were stuck there for about 12 hours, and then we got a room. Like, it wasn't even on their dime. It was on my um, it was on uh, my group leader's um, dime, because he had to put up the credit card and everything to do it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? So my group leader paid for us to get, like, two hotel rooms, one for the guys, one for the girls. Yeah, we ended up being stuck there for almost two days. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd go back there after that either, so that's crazy. That's that's insane. I mean, I've been back. I've been back to Texas, like, multiple occasions. I got friends out there, so like that. So, I mean, I love the culture out there. But like, Texas culture um, is a little bit more different than Missouri. Like, because um, I'm in Missouri, but, like, the folks down there are actually pretty nice. As long as you come with a good attitude. Yeah. Just, so... I would love to go to Austin, though. That's actually one um, one place I haven't been to. Austin is really cool. It, it, there's so much to do here, man. Like you can you can go tubing. You can if you like hiking. There's so many places to hike. You can you can go up to um, the top of 360 Bridge and overlook Lake Austin. It's just beautiful. You're like you're on a cliff, basically, almost overlooking Lake Austin. And there's Pennyback, this Pennybacker Bridge, the old metal bridge. You're you're like overseeing that that goes across the bridge. I mean, across the water. It's just, I mean. There's so much to do. We we still have drive-ins, like drive-in theaters here too, in certain areas. And oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just it's it is awesome. And the, the film community and the the music community is is amazing here. Like it's very artsy. Uh, so anybody that loves art, you know, you would like, and I don't mean art like uh, pictures and stuff, but everything like between you know music and and film and uh, interactive uh, video and all that like games or whatever and all that stuff. There, it's so artsy here. There's so much to do. So it's, I definitely recommend it. Um, you know, checking it out and seeing it and just exploring it, man. And and you don't think of like a city, you know, especially the capital of Texas. You don't think of it as, um, you know, this huge city and stuff. Or that's how you think of it, but it's not. It's like it's so spread out. And you have like hill country, which is part of Austin. It's like the the northern and northern side of of Austin. And everything. And you have like you have hills and. Um, oh man, it's just it's it's beautiful. I just I can't even say enough because I, I came here with the intent of not living here and uh, just visiting a friend and like you know what, I'll try it and I never left. <laughs> I was like okay, uh, yeah, seriously. I was like this. I I love this place. It's home. 
It's it's great. I love Where it. Where did you originally come from? From Virginia. From the Eastern. Oh, yeah. He is a Virginian, y'all. That's right. Yeah, so my dad got stationed. Actually, we were talking about this beforehand uh, with our parents in the military, and my dad was stationed in, uh, in, in Norfolk because of the Navy oh. and stuff. And so that's how I got in Virginia. It was, that's actually, yeah, that's how we got there because I was born in Connecticut and they drove down um, to that. But like, uh, that's how I, was, I ended up in Virginia. But um, yeah, okay, I got there too. Yeah, um, my, my uncle on my, um, on, my dad, on my dad's side, that's married to my aunt, um, who's, who's my aunt or whatever. Like, um, they lived in Quantico area. Okay. Yeah, they lived in Quantico area for quite a few years. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so probably not too far from you. Like, a little bit of a hot jump, of course. Yeah, I don't think Quantico was too far. I was from um, Gloucester, Virginia, which is around Williamsburg area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think Quantico was too far from there. I, I know, I, I can't pinpoint exactly where it was, but I, I remember, I think I'd been there before, and I, I know, like, it's it's around, like, the... Uh, Richmond area is that right? Something like that? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, sure. like <laughs> it's like because like you can get to DC in like less than forty-five. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're okay. Gotcha. So it's near like Charlottesville and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, right there. Okay. Awesome. Very cool though. Yeah. It's a man. small world, man. Small world. Man, who you tell? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been out to Virginia. It's beautiful. A lot of trees. A lot of. A lot of scenery. Heard the yeah. winter's rough, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the summers are very, very hot as far as, like, the uh, humidity. But, yeah, you're right. The, the leaves and stuff, the changing of the leaves in the fall, it's it's gorgeous. Oh, so yeah. Sounds cool stuff. But, yeah, and lots of history out there, too. So. Oh, yeah. I got to check out that um, amusement park you guys got out there. Um, King's Dominion is what it's called. Yeah. King's yeah. Dominion, yes. And we have Bush Gardens, too. Huh? There's also Bush Gardens. There's Bush Gardens, Kings Dominion, and Water Country out there. Oh, good grief! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> weird, man. Cause I've never been to a Bush Gardens. Oh, they're they're awesome, man. Very very cool. I've never been to Six Flags, so there you go. So I've got to I've got to go to Six Flags. But you've got to go to Bush Gardens. <laughs> right. So yeah, cause we got uh, we got one here in, um, in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got Six Flags in St. Louis, which is pretty cool. Um, and then also we got um we got a place called World of Fun, which is um Cedar Point actually built that because nice. uh, they got you know sister parks all over the place. They're a sister part of Cedar Point. It's pretty awesome. I have yeah. to check that out. Though. I I really want to get to one of those Six Flags and stuff. What so what is Cedar Park? What is it like? What's it uh, like roller coasters and all that stuff too? Or yeah, like for um, World of Fun, it's smaller. It's a little smaller when it comes to amusement uh, parks. I mean, there's like one, two, three. For I think about five official roller coasters there, five oh. roller coasters. Um, one of them, um, one of those, the Bomba, which is the largest one. I mean, it goes about seventy-five. Oh my gosh! All right. I mean, it was steep, man. Like literally, you like look down, and you're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. A little bit of driftage, and then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. As long as it's a little bit, you're you're all right. Yeah, so, like that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, I I love roller coasters, so I would I would probably I I would get on that thing for sure. So yeah, bro, like I enjoy roller coasters myself, my man. So it's just like it's like one of those things. Just like oh, I feel I might die, or I might not. I'm probably not gonna die, but if there's a team, <laughs> hey, you know what? 
It's either hey, it's either take some risk or rip a tag off a mattress. Whatever your um, whatever it is. <laughs> that's a, I've heard that's good. That's a good analogy. <laughs> I like that. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean you live once, so you know you you go for it. I went skydiving, so that was that was fun. That was cool. And actually, I went skydiving in Missouri, as a matter of fact. Um, oh really? Yes, I don't remember the the town. I was like twenty. Uh, what was I like? I was like probably nineteen or twenty at the time when I went, and uh, I drove out to Missouri. Um, and I, I, I met this girl out there that wanted to, uh, she had like connections with skydiving, the skydiving person or whatever. And she wanted to go skydiving and everything. And I was, she'd been like a hundred times. I'd never been. And I was like, okay, let's, I mean, I'm in some other state. And like you said, I, I may die. I don't know. Let's do it. You know? So we got up there. And, and the funny thing is, um, it was the first time I was ever in a plane. I had never been in a plane. I actually drove out to Missouri. I'd never been in a plane my entire life at that point. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, so they, I went in a charter plane the very first time, and people asked me at, at around that time. And now I fly, I fly all the time now. So, but I've never then at that point. And like people were like, "You ever been in a plane before?" And that conversation came up, and I'm like, "Yeah, once." And uh, I jumped out, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> so I can't ever <laughs> now because I fly all the time. But it's like it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. First time I was in a plane, and I jumped out a perfectly good plane for whatever reason. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, really cool. I think that's a good way to start a uh, start a conversation, though. It, it is, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody else is going to be able to top that. Like, it's like so. Um, it's like, have you ever been anywhere before uh, via planes? Like, no. Um, I mean, technically, I I went to a destination, but it involved me jumping out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Before I got to that destination, we didn't land. I just jumped out. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we we it was a good go. For some reason, you know, I landed like a cat. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It was it was awesome though. It was very cool. So that's epic, man. Well, that's awesome. So what, um, so have you been up here to Kansas City? Um, I've been through. I've been through Kansas. Um, Kansas City. I've never been. Um. I've never like stayed though. I've like driven through as far as like traveling and stuff. So, oh dude, I'm gonna need you to come back up to Kansas City, and I it seems like I gotta lecture everybody about the fact you gotta get the barbecue out here. You gotta come up I'll... here, enjoy a little bit of the culture we have. Um, we have a few things. I mean, we're not Austin, but at the same time, I mean, we got some we got some art culture. We got some artists. We got good food. Nice place where you can just kick it for a good weekend and just really enjoy it. Just awesome. a lot of laid back too. I've heard it's really green up there too. Like it looks really beautiful. I've heard that. I've, oh, I've yeah. experienced it. I just have to like drive through and stuff, but I, I heard it's like really, really beautiful up there. Like the grass is really green and it's just like, it's gorgeous. Oh yeah. Yeah. You go to certain parts of Missouri, you'll see a lot of just great nature, especially like, because, like, when you get, I would say this, when you start going east in Missouri, that's when it really gets really good because you're seeing a lot of, um, you're seeing a lot of trees, you're seeing a lot of rock scenery, you're seeing the um, Missouri River. I mean, you're seeing a lot of things going, like, from here to even St. Louis. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a mild drive, but at the same time, it's just comfortable. It's not too flat, it's not too hilly, it's just perfect. I would say that. Because um, one thing I can say is I never really had a problem doing the drive from St. Louis 
I mean, from Kansas City to St. Louis, because I got my brother at the time was living out in St. Louis, so it was always a decent scenery, just to enjoy where you were going. Yeah, you're in Kansas. You're in Kansas, right? Oh, I'm in Missouri. My bad. You're in Missouri. Okay, you're in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Right. But Kansas, uh, so Kansas City is not that far from from where you're at then, or is that? Oh yeah, because Kansas City, Missouri. Because like, we have Kansas City, Missouri. So. Oh, oh, okay. I'm thinking of Kansas City. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah. City like Kansas. Oh yeah, we get that a lot, man. Okay, okay. So you're Kansas. You're in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, sir. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. That's yeah. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I like. Yeah, I thought you were in Kansas City, like actual actual Kansas. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If I had a dollar, if I had a dollar from every time people thought I was in Kansas, <laughs> you could retire. <laughs> yeah. And That's then. I can retire with my kids. <laughs> right, right. They are they're already going through college and everything at this point. Man, I gotta tell my country family in Jacksonville that I'm in Missouri. I'd be like, <laughs> it's like, so how's it going in Kansas? I'm like, I'm in Missouri. <laughs> right. I know this. You've known me for like 29 years. That's how long I've been alive. <laughs> Missouri. That's and right. Hey yo, ask them how Kansas was. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> What is this epidemic? There's right. a Kansas up there, so y'all be pitching hay and all that. We're not farmers. <laughs> oh lord. That's oh awesome. yeah. Uh, you, awesome. you get used to it, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, I, and, and I can totally relate because I uh, I'm I'm from Gloucester, Virginia, which is by um, <laughs> by Williamsburg. So whenever sometimes like and it, it's a small town, like it's it's just a country town. You know, it's a very small. It's uh, it's just it's not a big county at all, and so people don't know Gloucester, Virginia. So whenever I mention Gloucester, Virginia, they're like, um, they don't know where it's at. So and I have to tell them it's between Richmond and and Williamsburg. So I usually just tell people, you know, Williamsburg area. But uh, so anyway, so people will be like, when I say Gloucester, <laughs> and I've already mentioned Virginia, I'm like, I'm from Gloucester, Virginia. You're like Gloucester, Massachusetts, and I'm like, no, because <laughs> that's a big town. I'm like, no. Gloucester, Virginia. Oh, I didn't know there was a Gloucester in Virginia. I'm like, yeah, there's there's Gloucester, Massachusetts as well, in Virginia, whatever. So yeah, I get the thing about you know thinking I'm in I'm from Massachusetts, and I'm like, no, no, not at all. So I mean, I'm the same way with Independence because I live in the Independence area of Kansas City. Because mm-hmm. like when we go metro, I just say you know Kansas City since it's just a whole metro area, and. Independence, you know, like it's a little bit small. It's not like small, small, but it's like small enough that people are just like Independence, Kansas, Independence, Missouri, Independence, New York. You know, there's like multiple independences like out here in the United States. I was like Missouri, which basically I'm outside of Kansas City by 15 minutes. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And I and I'm like, it's like, what's that? And I'm just like, okay, did you ever do history, Oregon Trail? <laughs> Stonewall Jackson, that guy, you know, like, and they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm from Kansas City. Oh, <laughs> you from Kansas? No, Missouri. Oh, you got barbecue? Yes, yes, barbecue. Okay, well, the Chiefs, the barbecue, the Royals, sporting? No. No, okay. Just come <laughs> <here>. <laughs> Man, I could go on a tangent about that all day, man. Anyway, so 
I'm sitting here, like, we're sitting here, like, you know, having this conversation, and I definitely am enjoying this. So I want to go ahead and ask you just a couple questions. Okay. Um, so you're a filmmaker. Yes, sir. And you're an actor. Yes. So you are an artiste. I am. Um, sorry, go ahead. My phone no. went off. What was that? But I understand. Sometimes I do the same thing. I'll be like... This song gives me so much ADHD sometimes. I'll be like, what? Squirrel. What the- Excuse the interruption, but it's time for a message from our sponsors. Carlton's Grand Jerky. Sweet brine so divine that every taste is also fine. Enjoy Carlton's old family sweet brine recipe. It offers the grand flavor a delicious lost taste for a healthy all-American traditional snack. Get yours today at Facebook.com slash... Carlton's Grand Jerky. Once again, that's Carlton's Grand Jerky. Carlton spelled C-A-R-L-E-T-O-N-S Grand Jerky. Get yours today. The jerky was so good. Let's just say when I gave it to my mother, I'm just going to put in quotations, amazing. Because I don't want to lose my sponsor. But with that, we are back to the show. <laughs> like, seriously, man. Um, but yeah, man, so tell me about what got you into filming. Also, what got you into acting? And then the next thing I want to ask is, what are some of your favorite projects you worked on? Um, do you have anybody special that you would love to work with? And um, we'll just kind of go down that. That's your minute. Um, so my what got me into it is actually I came from a musical background. So I'm I'm a musician from um I, I grew up playing music and most of my life I, I played music and I, I signed to a label for like a just an independent label, small label for two years and did that whole thing and um got to open for nationals and headline our own shows and uh, a bunch of, you know, the just the like the radio interviews and um uh, newspaper articles and all that sort of stuff, and did that for uh, for a very very long time. And that was my uh, that was my passion, my drive for for most of my life is just playing music. I'm a singer, songwriter, guitar player, and uh, bands and stuff. And so I actually love doing that, releasing CDs and all that. And just like my favorite thing was was uh, of course with most musicians probably was on the stage. As soon as we got on the stage, it was just like it was the best feeling. Just just being on that stage in front of you know, hundreds, thousands of people, whatever it was. And that's just, I don't know, that's where my drive came from entertainment, I guess. And I just, I love that. But I, I spent so long doing it and it was like, it was from, uh, so I fell into the, the film industry, but I, so I spent so many years on music and everything. And it was from like the point of every time you replace a band member, it's like you start over and it doesn't matter, um, you know, what band member it is. It could be a guitar player, a drummer or a bassist or whatever. Um, and, but if you're doing original music and you're, and you're not doing covers and stuff, and even then you have to still start from scratch, but not as, not as bad. When you're doing originals, it's like they have to learn the music. You have to, you have to rehearse, 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 and then get tightened up again before you can get back out and, and hit shows and all that sort of stuff. And it was like, I never thought I'd get this far, but I got burnt out from, from just like having to, uh, bring so many people in all the time because it was for different reasons. You know I mean? I had, um, you know, band members that were, you know, um, getting into the drug scene and it's like, you know, I can't, I can't be, 
you know, having that and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, cause it's, you know, it could get really bad and everything. So it's like, you know, we have to replace somebody like we get somebody else, you know, and then, um, you know, people just, you know, leaving to do different things or, you know, whatever happens, you know, they don't, you know, it's like, it's like having four different girlfriends. <laughs> it's what it's like. You know, and having one is hard enough. So it's like having Man. four. You it know? was like compared to your bed, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, so it just it got you know it got so much where it was like you know my passion was playing. I loved playing in, in like on the stage and everything. So it was just in the rehearsal stage. It was just it was a lot, and so I just got I just got really burned out from doing it, and so I stopped doing it for a little while, and then I fell into the film industry. That's so how I got into that. And um, at the time, I had like really long hair, and so they were doing a film. It was uh, having to hold. And they also were doing Lincoln at the same time as Spielberg film. So this was in 2012, oh. 2011, and when they were filming. In 2012, it got released. And uh, um, let, me, so, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, what was the name of your band? Name of the what? What was the name of the band you were in? I was in a bunch of different ones. I was in Splint. Like the bigger ones I was in was called Splint, and I was in another one called Standing Ground. And then I got when I got signed to a label, I got signed as Brian Elder, just as uh, just under my own name. Okay, so. So yeah. Okay, I actually had a backtrack real quick. I wasn't trying to interrupt you, but man. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you have. Yeah, jump in if you have any questions. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so no, I, I fell into film that way, and I got a call one day, and they were like, you know, hey, we want you to come in as a background and play a Jamestown settler, and I was like, okay, this could be kind of cool. So. I went and I did that, and then from there I met some people on set, and they were like, "Hey, you should go try out for Lincoln." Spielberg's coming to town to do his film, and I was like, "Okay, cool." This is in Virginia, and so I was like, "Okay." So I went and I I auditioned for uh, for um, Lincoln, and you know they told me at first they couldn't use me because I had tattoos, and they wanted like you know anything that was you know not um, you know they didn't want um, to be covering them up and all that stuff, and then I got a call. Uh, two weeks later, and they were like, "Hey, they want to bring you in." I just played background, but they were like, "They want to bring you in. They're gonna cover up your tattoos and everything else." Like, cool. So cool. I spent like two or three weeks on on that film, Lincoln, working as background. I got to work. I got to you know do stunt coordinator. I got to uh, work with the stunt coordinator, Garrett Warren, huge um, uh, stunt coordinator in the business. Got to work with him. Um, he taught us all how to fight with muskets and all that sort of stuff. Because we were doing battle scenes and everything. That was so much fun. That's where I got hooked, and I was like. I mean to put the, the the uniforms on, and that's where that's where my love for character acting comes in. I love character acting so much. So I got to put the uniforms on and uh, play in like you know knee deep water and like you know and fight with muskets, and it was just so much fun. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I want to do this the rest of my life, you know. And so uh, I started, you know, that's why I started like learning the whole thing and getting my um, uh, getting an agent and getting some uh, trying to get roles on TV and all that sort of stuff and. Um, it was, so that's how I got into it. I just, and I love it so much. Like the character stuff more than I love acting in general, any, anything, but the character acting is so much fun. Like, you know, if I could, if I could play like, um, Indiana Jones or, or like, you know, uh, um, what's it, Edward Scissorhands or, you know, or like uh, yep, yep. Captain Jack Sparrow or something. I mean, that's the stuff that I love to do is character acting. I love it so much. So, but that's, that's how I got into it. That was the first question, right? Okay, yes. And okay, so let me ask you this, and I'm going um, to take it back another notch, too. Okay. Cool stuff. So first, uh, first things first, so just to make sure I got this right, so you were in the entertainment industry through music, and so it just became a little bit 
more too much turmoil if that's the best way to say it yeah uh yeah pretty much it just it uh you know it's like taking your passion that you absolutely love to do and making it a job only and it, you know instead of it you like lose the the fun of it the love that you have for it if that makes sense and what was Flint? Was it um, like a rock band? Was it a metal band? Rock band, yeah. So, I mean, so it was. Kind of, it must have been kind of weird because, like, the fact that like you started with all these guys and then it kind of just spread out. And next thing you know, you're just like, you feel like you're just the lone one left. Almost is that what I'm like? If that's what I'm getting. Um, yeah. So like. When with Splint, we were together for um, for probably like um, three or four years, uh, mostly the same members and everything. And then about I guess about three years or something like that. And then um, and then the band you know dismantled. We all went and did our own thing. Um, and um, you know bringing new members in to learn more music, it just it was it was never like finding that same click again. Um, and so it was like a constant you know. Um, you know, bringing new members in and changing members out and stuff like that. And for different reasons, it wasn't even anything that was, um, wasn't all like bad things. It wasn't anything that was like, you know, oh, you know, we didn't like each other, nothing like that. Cause I'm still friends with a lot of people I used to play with, but like, it was just for different reasons. Like, you know, either we didn't want to do the same style after all, or didn't want to, um, um, you know, they didn't want the same things that we wanted. Like, oh, I just do this for fun. I don't really want to. I don't really want to. You know, be opening for these bands or making a career out of it and stuff. And so it, it could be for different reasons that it just we replaced members. And you know, it just becomes a hassle doing that. Like, you know, so I mean, even with the national bands, when you see somebody that gets re- that they replace a member, it's usually never the same anymore. Like, it's very rare that a national band replaces another member, and it's like they're still in their same limelight. And and I don't know what the reason is, but, you know, it was kind of like that for us. It was just like it didn't really, it made things harder to bring more people in and learn more stuff and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So more of a headache than anything else. So instead of the fun part. It just seemed like you guys were in sync on a lot of things. I yeah. See, I see that. And then, um, okay, so step up. You get in the Lincoln. You do the five scenes. Like, so how much preparation did it take to do the five scenes for um, Lincoln? Oh, that took, um, that, that was, I want to say like a week or two of training. Um, like, we would all get together and, um, you know, I mean, we, we went to set and everything or, or went to our, not to set, but we went to uh, wherever they had us go to and we would be out in the field most of the time and they would give us um um, they would give us like sticks and everything to play with at first to learn how to to do these things, and then we would um, they would teach us how to throw punches um, to make it look real on camera, and um, um, to they would give us these somebody sometimes we'd have these like rubber muskets and we would use those. Um, they we did have real muskets at times too, but like um, they would let us practice with those first so we didn't like hit each other with them on accident because it's it's very um, it can it can be you definitely need a training for it and like, you know, so nobody hurt in anything. So uh, I think there were some people that probably did get hit on accident. Um, nothing, nobody got, you know, really hurt or anything, but it's just, it's one of, it's just a, it's a safety thing. You've got to, you got to train, you have to travel, you have to train and, and learn these things and stuff. So it took us about a week or two. We all got together and, 
Um, that was just part of, you know, part of the whole pre-production stuff. And they put us through, through all this stuff. And, um, and we had, we had to practice dying also getting shot and just dropping to the ground. And it was just, it was a lot of, a lot of fun, but yeah, it was about a week or two, I think, training. I take it your uh, so I take it your background character ended up dying unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, did I come back from death? From death you said? Like, like that? Like how? Uh, so like, how's your character go, man? I know I just got to ask that one. My my character in Lincoln. Yes. So yeah, so I I was just um, like I said I was before I was background in that one, so I'm I'm like in the middle of like, you know, fifty people or whatever. But like, um, I remember. Um, I remember on the day of filming, I remember we were in uh, like knee deep water and mud in Virginia in like November, I want to say it was. It was like, it was really, yeah, yeah. It was great though. I mean, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Like, it was one of those things where they were like, who wants to get in the water? And I was the first one to go, me. You know what I mean? Cause, you know, and, and I had a wetsuit on underneath. You know, the ones that raised their hands first, they actually gave us a wetsuit and everything. Because, and they, we ended up all getting in the water, but they were just giving a few of us the opportunity to get in there. And I was like, absolutely. You know, I mean, that was like when you're a child, you know, and you're like running around playing in the grass and playing in the mud and doing all that stuff as a kid. Like, that's that's so like, you know, you love it, right? I mean, it was so right. great. Now, I'm getting paid to do this and to love this this. This thing, this crazy thing that we chase, you know, that we that we love to do, this of entertainment, and like, so to me, I was like, yeah, I'll get in the mud, <laughs> like put me in there, you know. So I mean, it was it was so much fun, but um, but yeah, so I, but I remember that day of filming, like my um, it was just the you we, we couldn't do the same thing over and over again because it was like you know we didn't really have any character base as we were all background, but um, I I fell in the mud a few times and then. My partner, they put, they seen, they uh, paired me up with um, during the fighting scenes. He fell in the mud a couple times, and so I don't really know who won that battle, but <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> so we're, we all, I'm still friends with some of the people I worked with as background on that. So it was a lot of fun that we we all had. So that's epic, though, man. Like, man, you were like part of a historical movie, man. And I mean, it's a great movie. I've seen the movie multiple times. So yeah. I got- I mean, it was a good movie. I mean, dude that played Lincoln definitely fit the role. Oh, yeah. Why like, it was crazy, but good movie. Yeah, yeah he was he was awesome. Daniel Day Lewis. He's very um, uh, he he's really like he's good at everything he does. Like everything he he touches, he wins an award or he gets nominated or something. He's just he's so great. But like he stays in character too. It was like we were. We were informed that if we did run into him or we did talk to him, that we were to address him as Mr. Lincoln. Uh, so, you know, because he stays in character. Like, he walks off the set with that same, like, you know, little, like, limp or walk he was doing, you know, as uh, Lincoln. I mean, he, he walked off the set the same way he would walk on the set Oh, the president. I mean, he stays in character. He's such an amazing actor. I mean, such an amazing actor. So, basically, he's a, I didn't... You know, Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, that's just a guess, though. Like, it's usually the best actors are the ones who do method. I mean, yeah. what you got to be careful doing? Because I know it's a double-edged sword to be a method actor. Yeah. I mean, some people can get out of character or post, like, the movie or whatever. Some people can't, like... Like it's sort of like Heath Ledger or something like that. Cause I had a conversation with another actor about this, 
like how like some of the best people are the ones who have method acting down. Like Robin Williams had method acting down. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Foxx had it down when he was doing Ray, mm-hmm. and uh, when he did the Tookie Williams story. I mean, there's some people I'm just like, oh wow, I can't even recognize this person. Like it's crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is this guy on TV? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's great. Yeah, you're right though. It's a hard, uh, you know, you have to be able to snap yourself out of it because if not, then I mean, you can really, yeah, it can be uh, detrimental. I mean, it can really, uh, you know, it can, yeah, it really mess you up. Like he, like you said, like Heath Ledger. I mean, it can, yeah. So it's it's, um, yeah, it's something you have to really like, watch too. So. Oh, I forgot another person is Jared Leto. Oh, oh yes, that's right. He is very method actor. That's right. Oh yeah, Dallas Buyer Club. He stayed in he stayed in costume for like the whole time they did that film. But yeah, I, I'm always fascinated by method actors. That's always been my thing, man. So it's just I love it when somebody is like taking that serious to really go hard in their role. So oh, that big props for that too. But yeah, man, like so. Fast forward, so you get done with Lincoln, you start getting calls, um, getting calls by getting an agent and everything to make sure you can get more roles. So, what are some of your favorite roles you've done? Um, that's man, there's so I like all of them for different reasons. Um, there's very few of them that I really didn't that I didn't like because um, I, I love I love doing it. So I just I loved certain things about every single thing that I did for, for different reasons, whether it was, you know, I love the crew that I worked with. I love the cast that I worked with. I loved, um, you know, the set, you know, around me, you know, um, or I loved, um, you know, the opportunity to have that, you know, what I was doing or whatever. So for different reasons, I love different things, but I know some of them, like my very first role, um, you know, after Lincoln, cause like I said, Lincoln was just, I was just background. Um, so after Lincoln, my very first role where I actually had to, um, where I was a real character, it was a, a lead role, um, was um, for Alaska Ice Cold Killers, which was a um, a TV show on um, on Discovery Channel. And so that was probably my that's my one of my most memorable ones. And it's only because it's like um, it's like your first girlfriend. You don't ever forget your first girlfriend. You know, sure. no matter. I mean, you don't you don't, you know, feel the same way, obviously, but you never forget your first girlfriend. So it's like that, like, that's the first time I ever had to play like my own lead character. And, uh, and I got to do all that stuff. And we traveled, we got, we went to, um, they took us to Maryland by bus and, you know, the whole cast and crew were on this huge Greyhound bus or like type of Greyhound bus. And we were driving up there in the mountains to a ski resort where we filmed. And it was just, it was a really, really great, experience and I learned a lot from that set because I got to see more of how the process worked and uh, it was just so that that's my most probably that's one of my most memorable ones just because like that was the first time for me to do you know to do this and everything and um, but I love um, I love Death and Compromise too it's you know and I'm probably biased on that because it's it's one of my productions but um, it's the the four episode you know, episodic uh, series that we have right now. And that's, I, I love my character and I'm also a writer on it. So I'm like, I'm probably like really biased on it, but I love, it's another character acting thing for me. So I like, cause I'm playing a Western, um, you know, in the 1850s. And so it's like, I really love that too, because that's, 
that's a fun character for me. You know, it's a really fun character, and um, so that's that's probably one of my that's probably around one of my favorites, and at the moment and stuff is that one. Um, and then Alaska High School Killers is my most memorable one because it was my very first time of, of doing something outside of um, you know being a being a prop on set or being you know uh, a background or whatever. So, because well, you get you get more time to like show what you can do and everything, which is yeah. very important. So I mean, definite compromise. So like, tell me about your role specifically in on um, death um, compromise. Okay, so my uh, my role is I play Luke Young. Um, I'm also uh, I'm also the director. So I'm, I'm a creator, writer, director, and uh, producer, actor on this one. I also did editing and stuff. So I've got my hands pretty full in this one. Uh, it's a you know I have a partner John Hall who we we work together on this, and um, my character is Luke Young, and I play a um, basically a con artist and and a womanizer in it, and so like. I'm I am on the street basically trying to make any way I can to make uh, to make ends meet. You know whether I'm, you know, um, and I, and I, I don't at the time before my character uh, Luke Young meets uh, John's character Lemuel Sinclair. We're not, um, you know, I'm not a gunslinger or nothing. Like I'm just a con artist. And I'm just trying to swindle my way to make money, to talk people out of money, or to you know if I see an open safe, I'm gonna grab some money or whatever I gotta do to make <laughs> it, you know. To make that ends me, you know. So that's that's my character, and it's like, uh, and it's just it's a fun it's a fun role. Like um, with my character, I will talk my way out of it. With John's character, which we play opposite, which is great, um, he'll just shoot you, you know. So it's like, um, you know, the how we meet is really awesome. Like the first time, like I'm running out of this place, and these three guys are chasing me with, you know, with a pitchfork and with, you know, with um, a stick and all kinds of stuff. And they're just chasing me around this corner and I get, and I, I run, you know, I don't want to say too much, but like I run and I'm like, I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere. And they're just, where are you going to go now? And they're like, they're like, hand over that bag, you know, I'm going to beat you too much. And so like, you know, I have this bag of money and I, I'm trying to calm my way out. I'm like, did you guys see me take this money? And they're like, no. And I'm like, is it a crime to be running out of a building and all that sort of stuff? And so like, I, I, I almost get them talked out of it and they're just like, they're like, Oh um, yeah, no, I guess not. You know? And then I, I'm like, all right, see you later. And I go to leave and they like, you know, pull me out and now they want to pretty much kick my butt and everything. And then uh, John's character comes around the corner and he's just like, you know, Hey, you know, I want that bag of money and he gets the money and leaves. And then, you know, he hears them still like, you know, beating me up and everything. He's just like, so he turns around, I guess, a change of heart for some reason, and turns around and and he goes back, and you never know what happens to them because we don't show it. Um, but then later oh. on, you know, we we become friends, and that's how you know we come to the infamous duo that we are in the in the show. And it's uh, and there's more that goes expands into it. Like we have a crooked deputy and all kinds of stuff, and um, you know they're out to get us, and and it's just it takes you on a pretty good adventure. And uh, there's two um, two saloon women who. So we end up meeting up with in episode one and you know they want their freedom and so they're using us to get out and um and they become part of us as well and their characters develop in two three and four and so forth of the episodes and so um it's a it's a fun it's a fun little adventure and stuff and it's really cool i like that that actually sounds really cool i'm definitely glad to watch that man yeah so so where can people find it? like so right now we're in post-production. We have we have four episodes. There's like a um, 
like a starter season and stuff to see how it runs. And um, we're doing visual effects at the moment. And once visual effects are done, we're doing coloring. And then we have we practice four episodes and we start pitching to different networks like or uh, platforms where we can go like Netflix and uh, HBO or um, Hulu or, or wherever. Well, I mean, shoot. I mean, I really hope you guys get some work, because I definitely do want to see it. I'm dead serious, because, like, I like Westerns anyway, so this is cool. Like, I grew up watching Westerns and stuff with my great-grandfather, so, you know, John Wayne and a um, little bit of Clint Eastwood, you know, just like the classics back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you can check this out on the, on the web, too. We have, uh, if you go to Facebook, uh, or go to Facebook.com, forward slash put death and compromise in it um, or not not don't put in it at the end but death and compromise then mm-hmm. it'll take you to the Facebook page uh, you can it's on IMDB so you can search death and compromise death and compromise on um, on IMDB um, you could look up you know uh, my name or John's name on IMDB and it'll take you to you know through our credits you'll, you'll find it or whatever so nice. you can find it online and stuff and uh, and I'm going to send you a, a link to the trailer so you can see the trailer. I think too. So I would love to see that trailer. Right. So guys, I'm getting the trailer. You're not. Huh? 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 Uh, okay. Um, am I allowed to share the trailer with the folks? Because either that, I'm going to get cussed out by the fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you want you said you you asked if you can can you share the trailer? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We we were in a festival run with the trailer, and uh, we're we're not in a festival run now with the trailer. So we can I'm. We could put it out there and everything. So, but we we sent we sent the trailer to different festivals just to see how how we do. And um, I, we only sent it out like seven eight places I think it was, and we got accepted to four and we won two. So, nice. Yeah. So we were a semifinalist and won. Uh, two of them we got we won best trailer and um, and then the other one we were a. I mean it was five five of them we got accepted to. Uh, two of them we won. We were semi semifinalist, a finalist, and something else i forget what it what it was and then the other two or three we didn't place at all so um but five out of eight not too bad i guess so, no that's not bad at all you guys did really well thank you thank you so, well, um guys you need to see this sexy trailer it's going to be below in the on um, the description and um you're going to see um i guess we're going to see something that's going to blow our minds if it's winning like five out of eight i mean shoot that's a pretty good number. You think about the odds and the percentages, and you want to get into a mathematician type of status with your mind and brain and everything, and let it go ahead and go roll. But, um, geez, Louise, I sound like I'm full of it. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> I was like, let me just sound a little smarter in how I um, how I deliver this. Yeah, that, that I, even there, it's like, dude, you're trying way too hard. I'm just like, <laughs> but it was good at the Okay, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. I'll go to my house and reflect now. Oh, wait a minute, I'm home. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, but so off kilter off the interview because you know I don't want to just make it a stereotype. To, ugh, can't even speak English today. A stereotypical interview. So, I want to get to know the man behind the curtain a little bit more too. I know we were doing that earlier and bouncing off of each other and stuff like that. So, random question. Okay. Okay. Even though you've been in music, do you have certain genres that you like to listen to? 
I actually, believe it or not, I listen to everything music-wise. Um, there's not a single thing that I don't listen to music-wise. Um, and so, I mean, I kind of have favorites, but not not necessarily. Like, I, I grew up playing rock, um, like, you know, Poison or uh, Nickelback, Grease, First Down, that sort of, sort of type of stuff. But, like, um, I wouldn't even say it's like my, even that's what I grew up playing and everything. That's not, I wouldn't even say it's my favorite because when I, I'm a songwriter too, so I write stuff and I write, I've written country songs, I've written, um, all kinds of stuff. But like, and, and I, I literally listen to classic music. Um, I listen to, um, I even like some classical stuff. I like, uh, oldies. I like country. I like R&B. I like, um, I'm not a big, I'm not a big metal fan. I like some of it, but I'm not a, we're, I just I'm not a huge metal fan. Um, so especially when it gets really too hard for me, I'm just not, um, you know, so, I'm just not there. But so like, we're not the Mosh Pits and having fight music, huh? No, yeah, I'm not really into that. You know, I mean, I you know some I I might like some of the beats and everything. You know, they're like some of the some of the music and everything. But I don't like if I cannot understand what you're saying, I'm not really, you know, and, and I'm. I'm trying to word this without like you know because i think they're very talented very great great musicians they're not in the screaming metal yeah i'm just not i'm just not into that you know and so i don't think i've ever been my entire life i don't think i've ever been into that Um, you're probably like okay let's see i need something that's going to be cool but you don't want like yeah yeah. I'm, i'm yeah i'm just not really into that so other than that i listen to every spectrum you can think of like everything. So, so what's your take on hip hop then? Um, what's that? What's your take on hip hop then? I like hip hop. Actually, I have a bunch of songs that I like from hip hop too. Um, I'm not. Um, actually, there's, so there's two spectrums. So I'm not really big on um, on. I guess it would be gangster rap. Um, like the really, really, really hardcore. And then the same thing with the, with the the rock. So like the really hardcore metal. Like I'm not. You know, either spectrums, but I love um, I love hip hop. Like I like um, I'm probably gonna sound outdated here, but like uh, Cyclone when that song was out, and like uh, what's the one the uh, the boots with the fur and <laughs> you like club hip hop? You like the club yeah. hip hop music? Okay, I love that. that stuff, man. That stuff is so it's great. I love it, you know. And like, and one of my favorite songwriters actually is um, um, I, I love Bruno Mars and stuff, man. He's Oh, he's, great! He's he's just he's dude, he's awesome. He's an amazing songwriter, and and he's he's a, he's very smart with his entertainment too. He's very very smart, and so I think he's he him he's one of my favorite songwriters. Rob Thomas is another one from Matchbox Twenty, um, but yeah, no, I I love all that stuff, and I love like uh, the uh, Snoop Dogg song that was, this is probably outdated too, but the one that was um, it was like. You know that one or whatever. Oh, so Pharrell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pharrell Williams too. Like, actually, I'm from Virginia, so it's Pharrell Williams. He's from Virginia Beach. Oh yeah, um, Pharrell is amazing. That's actually one of my favorite artists. Mm -hmm. I like the way he like because when it comes down to artist slash producers, he's one of my top five because of the fact that he knows how to produce and he takes like old school '70s funk and different things and different sounds and everything and his variations and he makes it so creative like i love his band um n-e-r-d and yeah. uh and like i even like his solo projects and stuff and the stuff he did for gwen stefani which got her popping in the solo scene 
Like, yeah, I got nothing but love for Pharrell, man. Like, yeah. like a lot of VA people I listen to um, usually involve Pharrell in some aspect. Cause, like, I like the clips. I like uh, Pusha T and all those guys, too, because they're creative with how they do things. Like, they make... They make story, um, like they make stories out of um, just like certain situations they've been in, or maybe their family members, or whatever. And it's like it's art put together with Pharrell sound and storytelling. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So. He's he's great at what he does. Really, really great. And uh, yeah, he does. Um, I think he's still out there, and there's there's been tons of musicians that come from Virginia like that too. Like, um, oh man, we had uh, Seven Mary Three came from there. Um, uh, Missy Elliott came from Virginia. Hamilton, um, Magoo, all yeah, those yeah, guys. Magoo and uh, Black Street. I actually, I'm, I know, uh, I know one of the guys from Black Street. Um, what's, uh, who, who what's that? You know somebody from Black Street? Yeah, yeah, I I know uh, I know Levi. I've talked to him a couple of times. So I mean, we're not like close close friends, but we we have each other's number and we talked before a few times. So um, he's, yeah, so he they're all from from there as well. And so there's uh, yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of talent in Virginia. Oh, D'Angelo too is from there. Okay, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah, D'Angelo and I think also Maxwell. So I I know a lot of different like artists that are from there because like. I'm a huge fan of a lot of the Virginia um, music culture out there because they've always kind of brought something to the table since, like, i say, like, early 90s, if I'm going to say so. Because, like, I was in that area, that circuit of, like, music when I was a kid because I lived in Florida for a brief moment. Um, i say, like, almost four to five years. And um, it was like, that's um, you always heard music from the certain regions and everything. So I got a mixture of maybe, like, a two live crew S sound and also got like straight up like East Coast like Wu Tang clan and in between of course you have Virginia and you had all these things. So yeah, man, that was like that was like my life right there. Because I'm the same way when it comes to music. I'm a huge hip hop head, but at the same time I'll I'll go to rock concerts and all that type of stuff too. I've been to I've been to some of the most insane concerts. <laughs> yeah. Like like, like some things were just like not in my niche, but I went anyways to check it out, and you know, you know, afterwards got to meet some of the band members, and they were super cool or whatever. Like, I went to a heavy metal concert once, and it was one of the former, it was one of the former members of Guar, mm. which is, you know, that's like hardcore, hardcore. You know, they like to like yeah. they like to like rip up fake bodies on stage, blood shoots out and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And he had his own band called like Mobile Death Camp. And the music was, like, hardcore. People were just moshing and knocking into each other or whatever. I was just like, well, I got to experience this once. And then I met the guy. The guy was really cool. He was just like, oh, yeah. You know, like, like after this, you know, I'm probably just going to know, have a cup of tea and just um, just get some sleep. Yeah. I was like, I don't blame you, bro. <laughs> it's, all, it's all entertainment. And they're on the stage here doing all that stuff. It's all just, just a show and everything. But, yeah, they're from Virginia, too. Boris. Uh They're from Richmond. Are you serious? Yes, they're from Richmond. I recorded in the same studio they were in uh, when when I was doing one of my CDs. So the same, that's yeah. Crazy. I never met them, but they're from, they're from Richmond. So that's funny. Like I never thought I was thinking they were from like I don't know maybe like Midwest, West Coast or something like that. Yeah. Like that. I didn't know they were like straight up from Virginia, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're from Virginia. They're from Richmond, Virginia. So yeah, that, that's a different kind <laughs> of Virginia nature right there. <laughs> 
Like that's a whole different like experience. Like Viceland did um did something on them like like dude went through the the fake meat grinder thing they had or whatever. Oh, was, like yeah. like he was talking about like yeah, it was an experience in the song. Like you uh, saw blood, you saw spectacles, you saw like fake beating up aliens and you think to yourself, Oh, this is deep. <laughs> yeah, right? I've never seen one of their shows, but like, and, and that's the same thing. Like, they're from that area, but I'm just not. I'm not a. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that type of stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's not. I, I, I'm not really. That's not my style either. It's a spectacle, though. It's like you got to see it like once. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's just a whole different spectacle. Like, um, I had some friends in um, high school that took one of our French exchange students to a guar, fe- um, to a, like a guar show, uh-huh. and he's. He's fell in love with those guys ever since. Like, I love Gore. It's really great. It's really amazing. The spectacle. <laughs> it's artistic. I don't like. Oh, Lord, they done corrupted the French dude. <laughs> 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 right. so, yeah. I mean, and I have respect for some of these guys. Like, like I like that. And then I've been to the EDM concerts, too, which is like insanity on its own, right, too. I was like, I didn't know EDM was so... Okay, let me watch this. You know, when I think of, like, when I think of, like, you know, some type of, like, electric sound or something like that, I thought, okay, I'm thinking, like, Moby, Tiesto, stuff like that, you know, like, some, <laughs> you know, and then, like, I go to the ZDM concert, and I felt like I could have been cooking drugs in the concert and nobody would have cared. <laughs> like, 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 seriously, because, like, they were playing all types of stuff, because it was a dubstep concert, okay? But they had like dudes playing like trap music and stuff too. So I'm thinking to myself, huh? I feel like my fa- one of my favorite rappers could rap to this. Why well, do I feel like I want to cook crack in the kitchen? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even know how to cook crack, but I feel like if I got the right measurements, I could do it. Okay, you know, I want to hustle. I want to dance. The building's coming off. On the the building looks like it's about to collapse because a piece of the building fell off. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It was just so hardcore, man. Like, like when I tell you I've been to almost every type of concert you can think of, I've been there almost every type of concert you can think of, huh? Yeah. So, I, I love experiencing different music cultures, man. Like, I mean, I've listened to classical music. I've done musicals. I've done all that stuff, man. It's just like, I I just appreciate the music's in the world, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, everybody's talented in their own way. It's just, it's great. Like the same with any kind of art, you know, even people painting like some photo that like, you know, they're painting something and like, you can look at it and be like, I have no idea what that is, but it's a piece of art to somebody. And like somebody else may look at that and go, oh, that's brilliant. You know, it's just, it's, it's all, no matter what it is, music, film, painting, whatever it is, it's art, you know? And, and uh, yeah, I give props to everybody for whatever they do. Yeah. Even if stuff it's not my style, it's like, you know, I mean, that takes a lot to put something together and to, you know, be able to get out there and do it, you know, and to be passionate about it. So, yeah, it's it's great. And the fact that you experience all that is good because you get to experience, you know, everything, you know, all of it, you know, which is, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, man. Life is too short to just stay in one genre, not just in general, not just in music, but just in life. Like, there's so many different people you can meet. There's so many different things you can do. Yeah. I, I was actually talking to somebody about this this morning because he, he didn't, um, he had asked me a question 
about why, like, you know, other races don't get along as well. And I said to him straight up, just because they don't know some, some most of the times because they don't know somebody outside of their own group of people. I mean, and that's how I feel about, you know, life, man. You don't get outside of your norm. You're not living, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm dead serious about that. Like, you got to live. You got to experience things, man. Yeah. For our limited time, we don't know when the glass, um, when our hourglass is going to run out of sand, man. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, actually, I was watching this thing, or listening to this thing um, the other day. It was on the radio, and it was saying um, that um, if the, some of the reasons, like, when we create memories, or, you know, is when we do new things. Like, because... Uh, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, it's just it, it doesn't create more memories. So it feels like time's flying by so fast. But whenever it's you know something you're creating, something new, and you're you're doing you know more memories, then time seems to go by. You know, it doesn't seem to go by so fast from you. Where you're like, oh my gosh, where where time go? It's like you're actually enjoying that, and then like you know. You, uh, it gets embedded in your, your brain and you're like learning these new things or doing these new things. So they say that, you know, you should be doing new things at least once or twice a month, like going and trying, you know, like, you know, um, whether it's a vacation or whether it's, you know, uh, seeing something new or a new landscape or, you know, or listening to new music or, you know, experiencing concerts, you haven't been to one in, in months, you know, or whatever it is, you know, you're, you're going to, those are going to create memories and make you feel like you're, you're living. A, a bigger life, you know, a more, you know, abundant life, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know how to. Just you know. being like basically more of a fulfilled life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I feel what you're saying, and I completely agree, man. Plus, you know, some people they get caught up in their jobs, they get caught up in their families and life, and you know, I tell them like, even then, man, you got to find some time to just. Breathe and enjoy life, man. You gotta look up, smell the roses, something, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, yep. even because, like, when it comes down to it, man, like, life is what you make it. Regardless, if you do get into a commitment or something like that, my mom. I mean, I've had people even tell me, like, fifty years down the line, older than me, you know, been married for a long time, whatever. And they tell me, like, don't forget the experience and things, but it's just let me put out this. One guy said to me, one day you're going to have a family, and one day you're going to have a wife or a kid or something like that. I don't know when, but whatever, you know. Like, But he told me straight up, he was like, enjoy your life experiences now, but it's great when you do get to experience it with other people and people forget that. It's just like, it just spreads the experience because you're doing it with somebody you care about, whether it's your children or your wife. So... Nobody yeah. should have to lose that spirit, and I feel like some people have forgotten that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. That's that's good. Yeah, my man. Like, it's interesting what you can do when you just talk to the person right next to you. Like, I found a connection with this lady, like, last week, and we didn't know each other from Anthony, uh, from Tom, Dick, or Harry, you know what that, man? I, just, I was just walking up. I was in a quick trip getting something to drink. Getting something to drink. And I said, oh, excuse me, my bad, or whatever, you know, like, I didn't want her to think I was, like, you know, trying to, like, knock her in the way or whatever, because, you know, she was an older lady, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, I'm a big dude, so I didn't want to, like, you know, steamroll or anything like that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
It was like, I don't want to be like, down sick, hike. Lady goes down. <laughs> you like, <laughs> and um, I was just like, oh, I was like, thank you. I was like, thank you. She was like, oh, thank you for being so polite. I was like, man, that's just how I was raised. So how are you doing today, miss? You know, just being polite. I don't mind talking to a stranger or whatever. She was like, I'm doing good. And next thing you know, we got in a conversation. She tells me, you know, she had been married to her husband for 32 years. He's out in the car. Uh, she wanted to get them some drinks because he can't really walk that well or whatever. And we get into a deep conversation. I find out, you know, um, she was in the medical field, and she used to be a nurse um, for, like, um, military guys and stuff like that. And we get into a deeper conversation, and we start talking about life and talk about what we knew or whatever, like, within just, like, five minutes. And by the end of that experience, we had connected, and we gave each other a hug. Like, we had known each other for, like, millions of years or something like that. And, you know, while the living experience, and I was like, dang, that's dope. That's, yeah. that's super, like, when you just have an experience where you really connect with somebody like that, man, it just changes your whole perspective on life, man. Yeah, and that's, and that's good, though, because that's, um, you know, I mean, that's, man, that's, that's like, you know, I bet you made her day, you know? So that's, that's really she cool. made my day. True. Yeah. Cool lady. Like, straight up, like, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man, like, we got to have more conversations together or something like that in life, man, that's why I like doing this, because yeah. I get to see people of different backgrounds, whether it's the Boston guy or the promoter of wrestling or some, you know, just like, et cetera, et cetera, you know what I mean, I've talked to so many different people. Just in the last couple of months, man, I'm like, eight, this is going to be like probably episode 89 or 88. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, like I've talked to so many people recently, man. It's just like people who have, um, who have literally survived human trafficking, people that have been in war or have, you know, have the same ambitions you do trying to be an actor. You hear their story and their story is a little bit like, a little bit like a roller coaster, man. Or yeah, because I've had some stories where they were emotional roller coasters, and some of them were just like you were enlightened by the experience in their presence. And it's like I'm really humbled about the fact that I get to do this. I mean, this is something I wanted to pursue and make my own, and try to make my own brand or whatever. But I can't trade the conversations I had. Not even for all the money I could even accumulate one day or whatever. Maybe I won't accumulate a lot of money, but at the same time, I'm doing something that's definitely affecting me in a way that I'm more conscientious about things, I guess. Yeah. That's an awesome experience, man. That is cool. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah, that's good to, it's good to meet people and stuff. And, and yeah, no, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, that's, a good thing about any type of this, of this stuff, but I mean, you get to talk to more people than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool, like to, you know, because everybody has a story, so that's for sure. That is, that is so true. But I gotta say, man, I got love for everybody that that even wants to take their time to even do this, and I appreciate you. I mean, Brian, I know there was 50 million other things you could have done besides come on my little podcast, bro. <laughs> no, I enjoyed this. It was cool. So I appreciate you having me. So this this is fun.
I mean, I try to make it as chill as possible. I don't want people to feel like I'm just going to be like some robot and just actually just, you know, same old, same old. I also want to know the person behind all of that, too. It's like, I want you to be successful. I want you to do that and everything, but I also want to get to know you. That's what most people want. It's just kind of know who the person is. I'm one of those people. Yeah. So to know that you're like a guy who was a rock star who enjoys going to amusement parks like um Austin, <laughs> Texas and just is a pretty just pretty straightforward good guy and pretty cool guy too. Like you're totally cooler than me. I'm just gonna let that be known right now. Just like you're pretty freaking cool. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Likewise, likewise. Uh, you guys gotta do it. I definitely would. If you ever came to Kansas City, man, you gotta let me know, bro. Okay. Yeah. Kansas City, Missouri, though. <laughs> the city of fountains. We match up. Right. Um, we match up with as many fountains as Rome. <laughs> we got our name. And I'm telling you, man. You come out here, man. I'll show you a good time. I can show you a lot of our scene. So, okay. Yeah. So, and also, okay. you get here before September. I can probably show you a first Friday. <laughs> What is that? Oh my gosh, man! You got every there's this district called the Crossroads District. Man, they got art galleries. They got they got indie bands playing all over the place. Food trucks all over the place. I'm talking about the whole shebanga bang of Kansas City coming all at once, once a month, Thanks. beginning of the month, first Friday of every month. Like. Thanks. It's always the best thing to do, especially during the summertime, man, because that's when it's really alive here in the city, bro. And it's all the way till September, uh, till the end of September they do that? or Yeah, the, the last one I think is going to be either September or October. I want to say October just to be safe. But yes, man, like... It's awesome. It's a great experience, man. It, like, I'm telling you, it just you just see all these different people and all these different scenes. You got the the scene folks, the art people, the hip-hop people, the comedians, the just everything, man. Just like it's an epicenter of different things, bro. Yeah. Just, and it's like all you just walking down the street and you just see something going on or something like that. And sometimes it's free booze if you're a drinker. that We got plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, man. That, that's one thing too. You said comedians, man. I, I, that's I love like comedy and laughing and stuff. But like those guys, man, or those guys and women, I, I don't know how they do it because I, I mean, I, I love getting up in front of people, but in, like a totally different way, like performing and music or or being in front of the cameras, film or whatever. But like, but then to get up there and just to like tell these jokes and just be hilarious. I'd get up there and I would bomb. I just could not do it. I could not get up there and just do that. So those guys are, that's just awesome. Like to me, just, you know, I don't know. That's great. Like comedy stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I could go see a comedy show and laugh all if you have somebody, I would laugh all day long. Like I love watching that stuff. It's so funny. I'll um, tell you, man, like we got some tech, I went to people here in Kansas City. I was um I was doing a little bit of stand up for a hot second. I was doing a little open mics and all that. I'm okay. I'm probably like more funnier through a conversation than I am on stage. I'm not gonna sit here front because I bombed a lot. Like I did okay a couple shows or whatever. But I'm not gonna sit here and say like I'm a professional comedian. 
Because it's almost like an institution, bro. You got to study and study and study. And I'm going to tell you, man, like, some of these comedians, I've had a couple of them on, too. Um, had a girl named Lisa Pockets. Man, she'll make you die. I see Lisa Pockets, Caitlin Rounds, uh, Jake Redpath, Orion Tricky, um, Amira Sanders, Ty Clay. I mean, I can name a lot of people that I admire for what they do. Oh, and um, I'm telling you, bro, like it's it's and it's it's an experience, man. Like, and to anybody I didn't mention, just know that. Oh, I also got to um, recognize Colby as well. Um, but they generally made me just straight up laugh, not just a <laughs> no. It's like I'm sitting there almost about to fall. Off my, I'm about to fall off my freaking stool at the bar or something like that, laughing. Yeah. And awesome. yeah, like there, I I see a lot of good future things happening with our city with all the talent we have. It's like. If you got drive and ambition and a dream, it seems like anything can come true, even in this city, man. Like, at first, I didn't think it was believable, but the way the things have been, you're seeing a lot more out of Kansas City, and people are understanding how great the city is, man. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, my man. That's awesome. I'll, I'll get there at some point, so. You got, you really do, my man. Like, seriously. Even if you can't make it to a first Friday this year, my man, dude. I can show you some hidden gems. I can show you what I love about the city and a lot of other aspects, too, man. I feel like one thing I like to extend my hand as, I want to be an ambassador of Kansas City. And yeah. an official title and all like that, but if I want to represent where I'm from, I'm making sure that I do it with pride. So if you ever do come out here, man, you let me know, man. And I'll tell you, I'm going to make sure you have the best time in the world here. I appreciate that, Anthony. I thank you so much, man. Appreciate that. That would be great. So, if I ever come to Austin, man, you got to show me around. Oh yeah, come on. I'll, yeah, there's lots of. I can show you everything out here. There's just tons of things out here. So, it's it's a whole other world. It's great. Well, I like jumping into different worlds. Anyways, I'm one of those dudes that really does like to do what the Romans do. So, yeah. Oh, we'll have to make that happen, my man. Because you seem like a cool guy, man. We need to stay in contact. And I'm not just saying this as, you know, some malarkey or whatever. I mean, I'm dead serious. So. Yeah, yeah for sure. Just, I mean, you have all my information, so. Likewise to you, my man. Yeah. yeah, man. Let's not make this the last conversation we have. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. So. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm going to send you the trailer, too, uh, here in just a few minutes. So it'll be just a teaser clip. It won't be the official trailer. We're still having that. Uh, you know, right now it's still that's still in post as well. But like I'll send you the teaser trailer that we were sending to the festivals. So, Perfect. So yeah. we're gonna get a small glimpse, folks. Like I said, it's gonna be below in the description. It's not encryption. It's just a description. You can read. <laughs> it. You can like it. Also, my man, send me your social media stuff, social handles, so people will be like, "Hey, dude, um, I saw you in this interview, or whatever." Too. That would be awesome. Or anything, your IMDB, because I want people to know the name Brian Elder in the story. And with that, um, did you have any last remarks, Mr. Elder? No, I just uh, 
appreciate you, Anthony, for everything you're doing, man. It was awesome. I had a great time and I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I know we're going to stay in touch and that's that's all I got, man. Awesome. You guys get a chance to get on Anthony's show. He's really great. Oh, shucks. I appreciate <laughs> Like, thank you, man. I appreciate that sincerely. Well, with that, here comes the outro. You guys ready for this? I know you are. Okay, probably not. You just like, dude, just end the show. Okay, so even though I'm one of the dorkiest hosts there are, my name is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. The Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And you have just been delivered a new flavor of life. Anytime on the table, anytime on the menu, anything on the table, anything on the menu, delivery, bros. And with that, I bet y'all I do. Oh, come on, it was nice at the time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>